ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. From some of the best elk hunters in the world. Across the canyon, pop up the other side and the wind is right at my back and blows right into it. I cut him off and say, I'm the best one, not you. I love it, man. I feel like I'm super blessed to call myself an elk hunter. To beat them at their game, to get them within that bow range, convincing them that I'm one of them. you got to close that distance really quick on him. And if he's going to engage that much, that's a dead bull. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast. Sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. Whether you're chasing bugles over the next ridge, sitting a stand out east, this is about passion. Pursuing our dreams of field, our lifestyle, the betterment of self and community, the enlightenment that comes from those moments spent in God's creation. Through these conversations, I hope you find insight, inspiration, education, and motivation to push beyond your limits. All right, so... We've been talking about this for a little while, and I was like, "Man, it, you know, these episodes timing has to be right." Be right. So, <clears throat> yeah, my buddy, my brother Travis O'Shea, Wapiti River Outdoors. Um, this is the first Wapiti Wednesday of the year of 2023 for Western Contours, man. So, appreciate it. Thank you for joining me, brother. Trying, yeah, to appreciate it. Knock this one out of the park, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, guy. That's Heck awesome. Yeah. So we've been going back and forth, man, and then we got the Elk Bros thing going, and you know we were kind of yep. shooting the spit here a few minutes, and uh, you know one of the things that I've noticed is, you know, we talk calling, we talk language, <clears throat> language, and we talk different calls, different sounds, mews, chuckles, bugles, and you get on the mountain and it's chuckle, bugle, mew. Bew, bugle chuckle and it's the and it's just like wait a minute guys you, you got some words that you're saying yeah. now we got to string <laughs> that together we got to bring it in we gotta we gotta be linguist when it comes to talking to elk right and and i think yeah. it can be a daunting task right to sit down and go okay this is this sound and this what's the difference between the mew the chirp the lost cow you know and and you start to become overwhelmed with everything yeah. with all the possibilities right and and 
I don't care how many sounds you can make. And yes, we're all going to get lucky by, you know, just blowing one sound and that one foolish bull is going to come in. But yeah. to increase our odds, we got to play the language game, right? And we hear it. Oh, goodness. We hear it all the time, especially nowadays where words matter, right? And, it, yeah. and it's the same when we start talking about the mighty whopping. Yeah. Words matter. So want to dive into the language <clears throat> oh, with yeah. you, man. And start, yeah, for you know, sure. go through. Why don't we do this? Let me. Uh, we gave them the overall, uh, less the rabbit holes. But go ahead and introduce yourself. Let folks know who you are, um, and they'll hear the weird old, you know, Canada stuff coming in a and all that good <laughs> <Yeah>. stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure it'll pop up sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. So I'm Travis O'Shea. I own Wapiti River Outdoors. Uh, we're up in Alberta, Canada. You know, still snow up here so we haven't been out scouting or nothing yet obviously but way too much snow but which is good actually because now we're coming into our our trade show season is a little bit later than your guys's so like you guys are like january february, february like fairly yeah. early we're i'm halfway through mine now they're always like march you know april may kind of thing so it's kind of nice there so so yeah been just down in the dungeon building calls like crazy and going to all the shows and doing seminars at the shows as well and you know trying to teach people that way as well um other than that yeah get back home build more calls and uh, keep the keep the stores filled up and keep everybody happy and then hit hit the road for another show <laughs> that uh that's a vicious cycle isn't it i don't think people understand how how uh repetitious that is yeah. right when you're when you're punching out product especially something like that the repetition yeah. in them would drive a normal man insane <laughs> yeah. well and it's really tough because you know the busier you get the bigger you get the more stores come on board the more shows you take on the more private seminars i go and do and then you realize holy crap i need help right <laughs> you're still one guy trying to do everything right you know package shipping building because every read i build myself so it's uh i, I got another buddy helping me build now oh, as well good. so and my wife when she's done work she comes down into the dungeon and she's packaging calls and i'm shipping the next day <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's it's a cycle and yeah there's a lot of time spent you know a lot of time you're you're up till 12 1 in the morning just pounding out calls because you got to get stuff done no yeah. matter what, right? And, and there's but, the love factor of it too, right? I mean, it's exciting mm -hmm. when your product is getting used and, and you get to see that success yep. and, you know, the struggles that go along with elk hunting, man. So that's, it's huge. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, that's, what's kind of nice about it. You get the phone calls every day and you get the emails and guys text you pictures and stuff like that. And it's awesome to see you know when we first started you never got that and now we've been in it 12 years now and pretty much every day you're getting an email you know all you know this your calls helped me do this and some guys take in seminars and stuff like that so they've seen you at the seminars and, um so yeah it's pretty cool you know your, your your product starts getting around you start seeing on youtube and stuff like that it, it's pretty fun that way it, it's a little bit hard to take some of that, some of the accolades, right? I mean, it's, I, I know for me, like with Western Fly, right? There's, you know, and, and it's a different product, but it still serves someone in the field. And it, uh, 
you don't really do it for grandeur. You do it because you the yeah. passion part of it, right? So when you, when you're getting those accolades, man, it's a little bit, for me. It's a little bit odd. It doesn't it doesn't mm-hmm. settle. I, I appreciate it, and, it, and it, yes, it makes you feel good. But it's just it's a little bit like, yeah, no, bro, I'm not you. You did that. Yeah. <laughs> what I really like is actually when I'm doing like the seminars, and we'll have like break time or whatever, and guys will come up to you, and they always got their cell phones and. They, they'll bring up pictures of, uh, you know, elk that they got this past season or something like that. And they'll be like, dude, I was literally like a couple miles down the road from you where I got this bull. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, that's how it works, right? So it's great to see guys are, you know, guys aren't scared to get out. They're not scared to go in the bush, you know, just go hammer them and see what's going to happen. It's, that's the best part. Okay. And then you get you get to see all the pictures because I put trail cameras out and all that and yeah some of the bulls you recognize but some of those bulls come from far away they're just they're touring looking for cows in September and it's you know a lot of times it's bulls that I've never seen on camera before so how much different good on you how much different is is that? I mean, Wapiti is Wapiti, right? But but climate, terrain, things like that, uh, all affected. And I know you know most of the folks that listen to Western Contours are Western hunters. So what you know? Do you know the differences between your your Rockies and ours? And how does that look up there? Um, from what I talked to, because I got a lot of buddies down in the states now. You know, it seems like the rut is basically the same. basically same time and everything's very similar you know our bulls act the way your bulls do even our weather i mean you talk to joe in new mexico last year you know we were plus 30 and they were i don't know what plus 30 is in fahrenheit but it's probably high 80s in the 90s Mm -hmm. you know freaking warm right so (laughs) that's what we were kind of battling too last year that's kind of a not a normal year like we might see like mid-20s as the high kind of thing normally so last year we were battling the hot stuff which was really nice because when it's really hot our mosquitoes are gone you know so <laughs> otherwise otherwise you're battling you you're running thermocells and you're trying to battle mosquitoes and <laughs> And I don't know if you've been up in Canada, but you better have a broadhead for a mosquito up here because they're that big. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Oregon. I think Oregon, in, in terms of places I have been, is the worst with, with mosquitoes. They're like freaking pterodactyls, yeah. dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You get the little tiny little ones, and they're just aggressive <laughs> as all can be. And then you get the big, dumb, clumsy ones. You know, you just smack, and they're, they're dead. But the little guys, they just pester you. They're fast and they're in and out and they're <laughs> so. the, the big ones though, man. You smack them on your arm and it's like, damn, I lost oh, a lot yeah. of blood on that one. <laughs> yeah. This is getting to sound bad, but I'll I'll smack them really light just so they're still kicking around, and then I'll throw them in like a spider web or something and <laughs> let the spider get them. <laughs> give every, I love watching that. Yeah. Give everybody the taste of the good old O'Shea, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to. I'm looking at this. Uh, this uh conversion so 37 degrees celsius is 98.6 degrees fahrenheit no okay so and we hit uh so we're we like 62 yeah so we're like we 61 degrees day, below yeah yeah or above rather if we did it that way yeah yeah it's and of course you you know 
we're always you go out there first thing in the morning you think well what are they all going to be doing when it's that hot i don't know what they do down there but as long as you went in the bush and got deep in they were still doing their thing it was amazing i thought honestly i thought we're going to go in there and they're just going to be they're going to be shut right up and not wanting to talk and not wanting to come check you out or anything but it was quite the opposite you know if you stayed on the outside and called from the roads or whatever yeah they're not answering in down in the bush in the thick stuff but if you got on the game trail and went down in two three hundred yards boom going. you let out a chuckle or a groan or something they're there so <clears throat> yeah i'm gonna have to look at that i should have done my homework prior <clears throat> and looked at that distribution so i could understand you know what uh, what that looked like i mean all yeah. in all right i mean we're we're sharing the same ground essentially yeah right i mean the yep. bo- the border that's there is our <clears throat> invisible line that we have oh, drawn yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and the funny part is like uh a lot of people don't realize that but even in alberta here we got the rocky mountain elk and we got uh, the roosevelt's so but they're not coming over from like vancouver island and and you know the very far west they're they're they've actually been transplanted here like back in the 80s mm-hmm. certain areas in alberta they got transplanted with the rosies so oh. and now i don't know if your elk do it but ours are they're intermingling and they're crossbreeding so you'll see a rocky mountain elk and he's got massive mass and he's like crowning out at the top so you definitely know he's got some rosy in him for sure. Yeah, I know Oregon gets it. I, I believe Washington too. Um, <clears throat> then I was I was talking to someone, Brandon Waddell, and we were talking. Seems like it's been two years ago now, and he has this picture of this bull man that he killed. That you you couldn't you couldn't pay me to to get me to believe that it doesn't have rosy jeans in it. I mean, it was just unbelievable. And he's Southern Colorado, yeah. but when you look at you know their original distribution, it, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me that you know that uh, that genetic trait is still around here. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's pretty cool to see. You know, and and you even talk to fish and wildlife, and they don't hide it from you. They're they come out and they say, yeah, no, definitely. I know exactly the years they were transplanted and where they were and stuff like that. So, you know, if you want to shoot a bigger bowl, you can kind of do some homework and figure it out. But what's did they say why they why they put the rosies there? You know, um, I don't believe I ever asked them that. That's next time I run into them, I'll definitely ask them and see why. But I. I just think they they came from somewhere else, and I think they were getting overpopulated, so they wanted to get some out. So, in Alberta, it's, you know, our weathers are pretty fair. You know, we get some stints, you know, in the, in the deep heart winter, you get minus 40 for a week or two at a time. But it's not as bad as it used to be. I remember when I was a little kid, it used to be, it seemed like it was minus 40 for like a month straight. And now it seems like you hit four or five days, <clears throat> you might see maybe minus 30, 32, something like that, which is dang cold. That's, you go out and it's like, yeah, it's, it's that's insane. That's bone-breaking cold, bud. <laughs> it is, yeah. The well, funny part is, though, you, I don't know, you just get acclimatized to it, mm-hmm. and, like, you'll, I'll throw on a, a hoodie like what you're wearing, and I'll go outside and jump in the truck and go somewhere and go in, and it's different if you're going to go work in it, but if you have a... If you got a pretty good job where you're moving around lots, you stay warm with just a hoodie and coveralls and stuff like that. So, 
you definitely get used to it. So not too bad. So dropping back on that rosy thing. So you said, you know, you go in and you, you get down in the, to the to the bush two, three hundred yards. That's rosy all the way. Why right? you talk mm-hmm. to my buddies up in Oregon, Washington, and them things are they won't peep nothing until you get in there with yeah. those low audible, just real light. <laughs> right. And those grunts yeah. and whatnot. And man, that's oh, rosy yeah. all the way. Yeah, that's exactly like ours. It's, it's funny, you know, it's you let out those big high location bugles and you listen for them but a lot of times you get nothing nothing back for it it's like maybe at night if you're like searching them out you know we got a lot of uh, logging here so Mm -hmm. we'll we'll run the logging roads and the oil lease roads you know in the nighttime and try to locate and find them and stuff but you know they will fire back at night so you can kind of make a game plan and go back in the morning and go in and then use your your low tones and stuff again and get back on them but uh yeah it's it's just it's so fun that's that's elk hunting to a t right it's nothing like it nothing like it (laughs) what what's the season structure look like for you guys so um I mostly just bow hunt right through uh, archery and rifle. So our archery season is August 25th till September 16th. And then rifle season starts September 17th on through on till, geez, I don't even know when the end of it is. It goes till December, I believe. Oh, wow. I think it is. And end of November, end of November and then into December. And then there's the antlerless draws they kind of all take over so it there's some that go december some go into january it's quite a long period but usually you know i'm i'm out there from august 25th on till maybe mid-october kind of thing and the elk are still bugling because they keep coming back into their cycles Mm -hmm. right so and that goes right on into november but usually by then we got three four feet of snow and it's minus 25 and i'm like nope i'm Done staying deal. home <laughs> yeah, exactly what so so are you yeah. able to go out you have to pull an archery tag and a rifle tag to keep going archery through the rifle season or no um so lucky for us right now in upper where, where we are um it's a three-point zone or bigger and it's over the counter basically so archery season you just go in i can buy a resident over the counter tag and that same tag goes right through into oops sorry through into uh into into the rifle season basically so damn yeah yeah it's pretty good that that's way. heaven man i'm getting rambunctious hitting my cords and stuff <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's a really Dang, good Irish season. Guy, Irish guy talking with his hands too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, that makes me want to come up to Alberta for two, three months out of the year. <laughs> it's awesome. I yeah, mean, yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, the first couple of weeks in the archery season, sometimes there's the bug, sometimes there's not. If you get a first frost, then they're all gone. And then you know what it's like. You're walking on those trails, just going wherever you want, just bugling, calling, and no bugs bugging you, just gorgeous elk trails everywhere. And it's awesome. Like, Heck I love yeah. that. <laughs> so, well, nothing, nothing, nothing like just being out there, right? No, that's, I mean, 
it's kind of a dilemma at times, right? Because at least for me, I get lost in, I get lost in the experience of it, right? And then it it starts to. There's days where I'm out there, yeah, I'm chasing elk, but that I, I'm just out there, right? It's like, yeah, there. It, Okay, if I see elk, great. You know, if a elk talks back, great. If not, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I'm out here. I'm enjoying my time, my solitude, and you know that reset oh, yeah. that it gives us, man. It's just, it's unbelievable that experience, man. Yeah, <clears throat> that's how I am too. You know, it's I enjoy being the caller. Um, a lot of times, my, my boat just stays in the truck. Quite honestly, it's if I'm if I'm feeling it, I'll th- I'll slap it on the back of the pack. You know, strap it in so you got it with you if something happens. But for the most part, I I really enjoy the the cat and mouse. You know, the scouting while you're hunting and all that stuff. And when you get in on a bull, the chess game that now has just begun is really what gets me going. And quite honestly, it's if I call him in and we shoot him, awesome. If we call him in and we don't shoot him, if we you know play catch and release with him, that's just as awesome as well, right? It's just depends where you are, who you're with, and uh, yeah, what but you, get, you get a kick out. I mean, I get a kick out of even blowing the situation, right? I mean, oh, and yeah. it's all perspective, <laughs> right? You blow a situation and you get pissed and you don't think about it, you miss the lesson. But yep. there's something about, like you said, playing that chess game and, and going both ways with it, right? Getting bested and besting them. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. mind getting bested by that bull. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get bested yep. by a rag or something. Yeah, you might you might feel a little bit bad about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But if you're chasing if you're chasing that yeah. bull, you know what I mean? It just it's like, man, I have no problem getting my butt kicked, and damn, I enjoy it. I it can't seems wait. Like that's, as we get older, it seems like to me that's the funnest part. You know, it's a uh, it's a game. I. I, I honestly, between me and you, I think they all know that we're playing a game. And I think they can tell by our sounds. We're human. Some of those bulls, they just want to play with us. They, it's just like your dog. <laughs> they want to go out and they want to have fun, right? And I just, I really think that. And some of those bulls you can call in. And if you decide not to shoot them and you let them do their thing, you can keep calling with them, even though they're like 10, 15 yards away. Like, me and a buddy Dylan, last season we were out, we had elk like 10, 15 yards all around us and for like 35, 40 minutes kind of thing. And the one the one little calf Dylan called in, it was literally right in his lap for half an hour and he's just, ew, ew, ew. and you're calling back and forth, right? And it's, you don't, you don't get to shoot anything, but it's the best experience yeah. that you could possibly ever have, you know. It's like especially a, when it's a bigger bull. Yeah, and it's a it, it's a trip because that that constant dopamine hit, right? I mean, yep. it's like boom hit, boom hit, boom hit. <laughs> That's the best daggone drug in the world, man. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know what happens? You and your buddy are walking out of the game trail, going out back to the quad or back to the truck or your rig or whatever. Nothing's being said whatsoever. You're just both walking out the game trail down through the ridges, right? And nothing's being said, but you look back at each other and your smile is like, yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like holy man, you know what's going on in each other's head. Like yeah. that was just freaking awesome. <laughs> it's amazing, man. It, it's so, something else. I have good. I, yeah. I, so my, my September is pretty, it, it's a lot of it. 
80% of it is solo, right? So oh, yeah. I, I have those I have those moments, but there's no one behind me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all with, yeah. with just this guy. But man, I sit there and just it's funny because you're I'm gonna say it usually starts usually starts between like day day six and eight where where you'll literally just you'll just be talking. You know what I mean? It's yep. not like you're having yep. a conversation, but you just talking <laughs> oh yeah exactly like there's a lot of times you leave that situation where you called that elk in you didn't shoot him for whatever reason or it didn't work out or you know he came in but he was just behind the thick stuff and you couldn't suck him out a little bit and all of a sudden he, they turn and they go back in like the ghosts they are so then you just walk out on the game trail you know 100 200 yards and a lot of times you just scratch your head and you go man I got to go give them one more run. So you, what I'll do, I'll get on another game trail and I'll like circle around a little bit more. So I'm three or 400 yards to the other side of them. And a lot of times I'll run at them again and just see what happens. And a lot of times you can call them right back in, but you know, that's just the fun of it. And sometimes you just let them go and do their thing and come back the next morning or whatever. But it's, uh, I just love it. Just, I can get on those game trails and I can literally just, just peter through them and go from wallow to spring to little feeding area to half the time i don't even know where i'm gonna end up i just get on the game trail and man (laughs) i'll find my way back but that i I think you bring up a good point with that right and and i think it's a detriment right as as everyone is diving into elk knowledge be it you know with you with me with elk bros with chris with dan staten with all these folks yep. there's all everyone has to have it fe- I, I feel like everyone is going out and thinking they have to have a plan like it has to yeah. has to go this way right and what you yeah. said was to me was so powerful i don't know where i'm gonna end up right <laughs> exactly. I, i'm gonna end up where that animal that herd if it's an individual if it's a couple if it's 200 head i'm gonna end up exactly where they need me to be right who knows where that is yeah (laughs) you know what i mean exactly you you have to there there are instances where you have to temper it because ability knowledge skill um and dropping down into a drainage you know three thousand foot at 40 percent can whoop your butt Oh yeah, but man, I don't. I didn't want that. I didn't want to just walk past that. You're going to end up wherever they say you need to be, right? I mean, that is September yep. for me. Yeah, that's right. And then you get those mornings where they're not they're not saying anything, and you got to try to figure it out from there. It's like now it becomes a whole different game. Yeah. You can't just location visual or chuckle and get an answer. Now you got to do setups and you got to, you know, like we do some breeding sequences, you know, we do advertising sequences. It's, you know, a lot of the Paul Medell stuff. That's the, that's the tactics we use even up here in Alberta. You know, a lot of guys don't use it. They just go out and they're calling really nearly. And I don't know what they're saying, right. but if you really get in there and you start employing tactics, just go in and just do some all little low moaning and groaning and some raking of a tree you know pretend you're a breeding bull like with a cow and things happen man it 
they don't even got to be bugling and all of a sudden the elk are showing up you know so <laughs> so that that was the perfect segue into you know our our main focus here right and it is is being a linguist you don't have to know every single elk sound and and i feel like if you yeah. know if you know a handful of scenarios we'll call them right if you have a bag of yeah. tactics and it's i don't care if it's four if it's three right if you have that you're in a far better position than if you know individual sounds but you don't know how to bring that together right words matter yeah. we hear it all the time i said it before <clears throat> we gotta string their language together too and i'm curious yeah. we'll, we'll dive down the rabbit hole maybe a little bit later but I never thought about, I wonder if they know what the heck's going on and I'm not an <laughs> <Yeah>, elk. <laughs> totally. I do totally. It's, yeah. So yeah, man, just go. Yeah. So what do you, you know, talk about that, the anatomy <laughs> of, of the language, you know, your scenarios, how you, how you make those, you know, scenarios up, we'll say. Uh, and, and like you said, Paul's a really good place to start for that. Yeah. But do you need to know 50 scenarios or will three serve a guy through the season? Yeah. I believe you just need to know a couple. Like I love uh, just portraying that I'm an advertising bull just to try to bring stuff in so that you're basically just using moans, groans, chuckles, bugles, you know, no calf sounds, no cow sounds whatsoever. And then the breeding, you know, you're portraying, you're basically a bull breeding with some cows. So you're moaning and groaning, you're, you know, it's just stuff that you would, you would normally hear, glunking, stuff like that. But to take it a step back a little bit to make it a little bit easier, um, before the tactics and scenario even, honestly, if guys would employ a few simple sounds, like take your bugle tube, and literally just swish the grass, you know, as you're walking through, break some sticks, you know, take your tube, break some sticks off and grab an old dead tree and, and rake some trees. You know, that's all stuff you can do without even knowing how to call. I mean, and we can all do that. Dang, a little kid can do that, right? That's half the fun. You're breaking stuff out in the bush. Who doesn't like to do that? <laughs> you know, we take we take Jason's couple little boys. He's got they're breaking trees and they're sword fighting. And I'm like, yeah, give her some more. Like, make some noise, right? <laughs> you know, that's the best part. Bring bring the 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 small little kid inner you back out and have fun with it and enjoy it. And then you can start mixing in the calls, you know and even then, I don't use a whole lot of stuff. It's a calf call, a cow mew, um, a chuckle I use a lot. Um, I don't even use a location bugle a whole lot unless I'm like trying to find something in the evening. But an advertising bugle, which is basically a location bugle, you're just get growly on the end, right? That's all. If you know those simple little sounds, and they're not hard to learn how to make, you know. Out of all that, I would say probably the calf call and the chuckle is probably the hardest ones to learn. Because we all know cow mews, you know, everybody does the same old. But to shorten that up and... You know, guys struggle with that because I'll be honest, it's not a call that most guys want to practice because it's not 
it's not fun like ripping a bugle or you know something like that you know a cast call oh really that's kind of boring <laughs> <laughs> but in all honesty that's it's so it's such a great call to know you know you you make some calf calls you're calling in other calves you're calling in cows and you're calling in the bulls that are following you and here in alberta we got a lot of predators so you know you got to keep your calf stuff and your cow stuff kind of to a minimum that's why we do a lot of moaning groaning chuckling real low note type stuff here um but it's you definitely got to know those sounds for sure you know and then uh I was saying the, the chuckle definitely is the hardest one because you can pick out a hunter right away. Uh, the chuckle is basically, you know, it's a two-part. So you got you got your reed and you're kind of on the way out, and then you're using a voice in. So. And then you speed it up. You know what I mean? So, but you got to have the two parts to it to make it sound authentic. And then when you when you walk in on those, you know, you go in that two, three hundred yards, you get close to that wall. You throw out a little chuckle like that, real quiet. You know, especially do it through your tube, something like. You do that when you're like 50, 60 yards from a wallow. Man, the bulls that are back in there, they're going to be around a wallow for sure first thing in the morning anyway. So they just right away. And you're like, oh, yeah, they're here, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) So there's nothing like it, right? Yeah, one of the – I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. One of the common mistakes that I – I shouldn't call it a mistake, but I think it's a mistake is you'll hear somebody crack off a locate, and then they immediately follow it with a chuckle. And I'm not sure what that – where that comes from. Um, But, man, I mean, you get get to a crowded trailhead, and – I'm telling you, that's you. You can hear them. It'll be seven guys. Yeah. They know they park next to each other. They ain't made yeah. it but a, a half a mile in, and they're bugling, <laughs> yeah. chuckling, and it's like you guys. Yeah, he's got seven GD trucks at the trailhead. Yeah, that's number six <laughs> exactly. and number three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's where like like you know guys like us, we kind of know like there's a little bit of language involved with it. So. Um, Obviously, the chuckle is an invitation call to come over. You're saying basically, like, you're talking to the cows, calves, bulls. Come on over. Everything's, you know, everything's pretty cool over here. Obviously, you don't have a, you're a bull and you don't have a cow that's an estrus. Otherwise, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't be inviting other bulls over. Right. But, you know, and so you throw that, keep that one separate. You know, keep that one in your pocket and then keep your location bugle. Keep that for another time as well. And I'm not saying there's no, there's definitely a time to use it, but when you throw out a location bugle, you're just searching. It's basically, it's like, hey guys, I'm Trav. You know, um, anybody else out there is all you're really doing. So now you're asking if there's anybody else out there and then your chuckle, you're throwing your chuckle right in after that saying, come on over. But 
you don't even know if there's someone over there yet. Right. Yeah, they haven't even answered the first question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, yeah. I, the thing, you know, so. with the well, you know, if we talk about the the seven trucks at the trailhead scenario, if you hear the guy, you know they're, they're, that you're that close to folks, right? And, and, yeah. and somebody pipes off, give it a minute and see what happens. Don't yeah. respond to every single sound you hear right away with the same sound that the bull or the cow was making. Give it a second, yeah. right? I mean, err on yeah. the side of caution with it. If that guy yeah. is locating, let him locate and listen. Now, if you're in competition yeah. because it's public land and it's OTC, man, you just you got to outsmart the guy that was yep. parked two trucks down, right? And it just absolutely, yeah. My mind actually goes to that right away because my my inner thought right away is just like you. It's like, okay, I'm gonna pipe down. I'm not gonna say a thing. I might grab a stick and I might do some light raking or something like that. But other than that, I'm not doing anything. Honestly, I'm just going to pipe down, sit there quietly and listen, see what's going on. You know, nine times out of 10, those guys are going to, they're going to mess up. I hate to say it, but yep. they're gonna, nine times the elk are so dang smart. They're going to beat us, you know, pretty much every time. So now those bulls that those guys, if they got an answer and they're playing with, if they mess up, those bulls are going to come walking over your direction. They don't even know you're there because you haven't you even haven't said anything. Piped, yep. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, and now if you do you hear something, you hear some you know, huffing or you hear something, you know, some elky noises coming at you, you can literally either just stay there and not do anything or you can portray that you're a quiet little bull just... And then just tick those branches just a little bit and... Guaranteed, those elk are, they're such a herd animal. They're going to detour from the, wherever they were going to come walk past you to see what's going Especially on. Especially if <clears throat> truck number three and four blew it and they yeah. hear that low audible stuff. Oh, it's safe mm-hmm. over there. We know that something's up over here. I hear this guy over here. I heard a couple of sticks crack. I'm going to just roll yeah. right over here, right? I mean, we have to learn to not only play chess with the elk, but because yeah. the woods are so crowded, we have to we're playing chess against multiple opponents essentially, right? Yeah. And and we're yeah. we're part of that factor so are the bears or so the mountain lions whatever predation, but we have to yeah. realize that that is part of the game that we're playing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's no different here because, you know, we can drive our rig up and park on the lease road on top of the ridges or whatever. And I'm going to hunt this bull today. And then there's bulls all along everywhere. You know, you can, you pick which, which bull you want to hunt that morning. And, Better watch uh, it, buddy. You keep saying stuff like that and your woods are going to get yeah. real crowded. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they already are. Yeah. That's actually, uh, that's the part I enjoy the most. Like those bulls that have been called to by you know 50 or other uh, 100 100 other hunters those are the ones i want to chase anyways they're smart they've they've seen it they've done it you know i don't mind opening morning where the bulls are really stupid first thing you know the first couple two three mornings they're as dumb as they're ever gonna be until they start getting called to more and more then they they perk up and they get smart real quick Mm. so but those bulls, the ones that are a challenge, like, honestly, I love going like the first week of October. Those bulls have been hammered all through August, September. They've seen it all. They've heard it all. They've, you know, they've probably been shot at. May, some of them have been hit. Some of them made it through. Now you got to turn around and try to call those bulls in, you know. 
how the heck do you do that? And I'll tell you, it's, it's the low audible sounds, the chuckling, the raking trees. It's not cow calls. You're, you're not calling them in with cow calls. And you're not calling them with bugles. You're not locating them. You know what I mean? They're not having none of that. Because last time they went in on a bugle that they heard like that, something happened or mm-hmm. they smelt some stinky thing like a Sasquatch or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They can only be fooled so many times and they, they wise up to it. So They smelled Canadian whiskey and poutine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they want none of that gravy. <laughs> yeah. Damn, poutine nope. is so good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, and the funny part is, like, it's like we get to do this every year and we're so fortunate that way. You know, sure, there's older bulls, but every year there's a new generation of dumb bulls. Mm-hmm. So that's the best part. Like you get to go and play with all these dumb bulls every year, no matter what. And so he's only a spiker. He might be a three pointer, you know, who knows what he's going to be, but he might have a buddy that's a four or five point and anything that's three pointer bigger here. That's fair game. Right. So, and most of those bulls, especially early in the season, they're traveling with other bulls. So you don't know what they're going to have. You know, they could have a six by six buddy with them. You know, a small six. He's still a young bull, and you can tell he's only a couple of years old. So he's still on the dumb scale as well. But hey, he's fair game. <laughs> those, you know, those old monarchs, though, man. There's something about playing the game with them. You want to talk about educated and wise? I I battled one last year, and uh, dude, he would he he just beat the hell out of me. I'd I'd hear him, I, and he was he was little to no in terms of vocalization right i could hear him huff yeah. and, and I'd, I'd move in on him and just wait and and he just bested me every single time i think the closest yeah. i got was probably 50 or 60 yards i never could yeah. get eyes on him you know it was just yeah. like damn and then i what i started doing was running basically these these olympic rings on him right and i'd come around and i just boom 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 and i loop and i loop and, yeah. and dude i'd leave a spot and i you know look at it take a picture of the spot he'd be right in the same location i'm like oh my god and it was it was so much damn fun playing my neighbor he he went with me that that last part of season and uh i think we were on our last day and i just was like dude we're just gonna hit this guy all day long and he was like man i'm ready to go back to camp he's like i don't understand (laughs) how you have the patience for it i'm like dude if i can kill this bull yeah it's on dude like you know what i mean like i'll probably just lay on the mountain for three days and just hug him (laughs) exactly (laughs) you know well you got that right you know uh so it sounds like you hunt fairly thick stuff like we do. Like when I go in the bush, it's it's miles and miles of thick bush. You know, we don't have the open meadows and the creeks and all that stuff. It's you walk in and you're you're looking around and it's you know hundred foot poplars and pine trees all around you kind of thing. And it's yeah. Last hey, where year, where do you go from here? You yeah, know, it's, last you year walk I, into that stuff. I had to resort to that. Um, the the area I was in, I missed the the draws and everything, and uh, it was just hammered. I mean, it just yeah. got hammered, dude. And it was just like, okay, I'm I'm looking, and you know, all these folks are moving to the same locations, and mm, yeah. I'm looking around. I'm like, well, if I was, you know, stuck up here. 
yeah. no one's going there. And it's just, I mean, you're talking, you know, from end to end, I was hunting these little tiny timber patches, end to end, maybe a okay. mile, you know, a, a thousand to 1100 foot in elevation from top to bottom, several benches, yeah. really, really dense. And uh, man, it was, I mean, it just paid dividends in terms of encounters oh. and opportunity. That just, you know, that just paints a picture right there. You know, all of us are sitting here. We're sucking hind kit because of winter and we're all just, we wanted to get out, right? And then, and then you paint a picture like that. And it's like, I, I'm, I'm just envisioning it. Yeah, and I'm dude. just in all my glory going, oh my God, I just want to go there right now. Yeah. Uh, we, I tell you, you know, we started talking. Yeah. That was the thing today. I was like, man, I just want to get on the mountain for a little bit. We had yeah. some decent melt, you know, and uh, just went in and, <laughs> took the pup up and ran around for a couple hours yeah and man it hit and i'm like wow we're doing i'm doing this whoppity episode with travis tonight and dude it just started hitting me like i was getting fired up going yeah. up the mountain you know like oh man it is coming <laughs> i mean what are we five months away or something like that oh yeah exactly you yeah know? we're five months and when does your season start is it in august as well no or we're september, 1st? september 2nd i believe we start this year september 2nd yeah. okay yeah. yeah so well that's still coming pretty dang fast i mean yeah you know we we just went through winter so we know five months just is going to go like oh, that it's gonna we'll be out there. Yeah. It, it's going to be awesome in no time yeah. but you know it's <laughs> So setting the stage, man, you know, we talk about the chess game and, and when you go out, say you locate it already, right? Or you locate in the morning, when you get up, you locate at night, however you do that. And, you know, you got this, this fresh board. Um, yeah. What's, what's your strategy as you go in? Um, you know, what? let's talk, you know, language and scenarios, tactics. What are you imploring, yeah. you know, right off the bat? So early season, um, a lot of times you can basically have you ever been in the bush and you've come across like a bull's bedroom where he just hangs out solitary by mm -hmm. himself and there's rubs you know there's a trail that goes through this thick thick patch and there's just rubs everywhere so my strategy honestly early season all the seasons before that i've hunted i put those in my memory bank and those are the little i want to hit those bedrooms the first two three mornings and it's different ones they could be 20 miles apart but i'm going to hit one of those bedrooms so that's kind of one of my favorite things especially if i'm solo hunting because those bedrooms they hold it's the big herd bull of the area and that's why i'm hitting it it's basically i'm i'm, I'm not going in there and not screaming a whole lot I'm basically getting fairly close to these areas, like 100, 120 yards away from it. You know, I'm keeping, you know, keeping the wind in my favor 100% of the time. And then basically, it's just like I said earlier, I'm not making any cow sounds. I'm not screaming bugles. Literally, I'm just going to like tickle some branches with my tube or a stick and just pluck on some grass. It's a real patient game. It's not for everybody, but it pays off dividends because you go in there it's you know the lights just it's just starting to get light and you've worked your way into this little spot and you know he's in there and you're just going oh this is gonna be awesome <laughs> and then you get to your little setup spot and what i like to do i like to go ahead as close as i dare and i'll try to you know find all my little shooting lanes and all that stuff and then i'll kind of back out 
So when I back out, I'm only backing out like probably 30 yards, something like that, maybe 40. And then I'm going to do some real light raking, little light, little moan. And then I'm scooting right back up to that shooting spot. And at that shooting spot, I clear a, a three or four foot patch on the ground. So it's just all bare dirt and it's permeating up. That smells just coming up and it smells like fresh earth. The great smells of August and September, you know, it just smells awesome. Love that smell. And then I'm just literally, I got an, I got an arrow knocked. I'm literally just going to stay there and be super quiet for 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and just see what happens. So, but back in that little calling scenario that I did back there, it's fairly quick. Like I'm only breaking a couple little branches and then I'm just doing a light little, basically I'll just do a, something just like that and then i might break a couple little more branches or rub a stick on the tree and then i'm scooting right to that spot where i'm going to shoot from so and the reason i do that honestly guy the whole reason go up there pick your shooting lanes first and you know where that bedding area you know where he's going to come from you got the wind in your favor already so step number one you got him beat right there by picking out your shooting lanes you're going to have three or four shooting lanes. When you get to that spot, set up so your feet are proper so you can cover all those shooting lanes, right? Exactly. And basically just play the patient game and just let it happen. And it's, you know, that's a solo hunt that I just live for every year. And it, it's probably boring to a lot of people, but the amount oh, of bulls I see come out of these places, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're five by five. Sometimes they're big six by sixes. You just never know what's coming out. That's the great thing, you know. And and at that point, like guy like guy like me, I don't care if I if I shoot that bull that comes out of there. I'm just playing the game. Like that's part of the game that right. I love the best. And my whole intention is to hunt the first three mornings in those spots, anyways. So whether I shoot that bull the first morning or I go on to the next one or the next one or the next one. It doesn't really matter, but a lot of times I just don't want the game to be over. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, that's <laughs> a dilemma, right? I mean, because you can go out, you arrow a bull yeah. the first or second day, <clears throat> then you're you're back to waiting, you know what yep. I mean, 300 plus days a year. That is, exactly. uh, that's difficult, dude. That is a hard, it, I, I had this yeah. funky looking rag last year, right? And he's bet he has no idea I'm there, dude. And yeah. uh, I was like, man, is he wonky? He was he was turned down on on uh, one tiny oh. side and just wonky. And I'm like, man, that's a little tiny bull. It's early season. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And by the time I said, you know what, <laughs> screw it, I'll shoot him. The situation was blown, you know. Yeah. And I was behind yeah, him for exactly. six or seven minutes, and I and and that was part of the conversation with myself. Like that season, you're done. Yeah. You know. And I'm like, yeah. I can't do it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So let's talk no, about so something. You, you said you clear you you clear the spot, right? You clear the ground uh, in your yeah. in your setup spot, and and I do that as well. Talk about the importance of that in that solo scenario. Yeah. So basically, what it does first off, it gives you a silent. You can move around silently. So if if you do have a bull coming, and he's coming from somewhere you didn't expect, now you can slowly pick your feet up and turn your feet just slowly. Till you get at the right angle right 
now you're in the perfect shooting position. The second reason is that smell. You know, we stink. No matter that we have the wind in our, our favor already, it doesn't matter. That little bit of, of smell that can permeate the air, they're going to smell that. They know it's fresh. So number one, maybe he thinks it's a bull. You know how they take their antlers and they just rip the shit out of everything? Maybe he's thinking that. So it adds a little bit more realism to it. Because he heard me raking the trees back there, right? So what's to say that I wasn't up there ripping all the grass up first and then move back and now I'm raking the tree? So now it puts another scent in here. He's smelling that fresh earth himself if he gets a whiff of it. And it's just amazing. Like, so a lot of those bulls, they're not going to scream or not. They're not going to do anything when they leave their bedroom. They're just literally going to come walking down the game trail and they're just looking. That's all they're doing. So <clears throat> when he comes into your view, they're always on, on the move, 100%. They'll literally come right up to you. They'll walk by your broadside, and then they'll turn and they'll go past you. So if you just stand there and you don't move, you're up beside a tree or something, you can literally just watch them as they go. You know, as long as you don't move. The minute you move or something, yeah, they, get, they, they catch that. But, yep. So, I mean, that's, that's what's so cool about it. You see that majestic beast come walking down this trail, and now you're 20 yards from him because you know where his when i when i clean my area i don't do it on the game trail i'll come off, off the game it. trail i'll be in the bush so that he has to walk by me right so no matter what he's following that game trail and you can either take him at that point or just let him walk out of your life and let him do his normal thing and it's such a great feeling just watching that majestic beast just walk by and he's doing his thing and you know he's looking for another bull, and he's seeing what the heck's going on here. You know, so uh, the last, you know, couple of years, I, I've actually been starting to take buddies out, you know, the first couple mornings that I go with me. And it's really neat to see their reaction. Like my buddy Jay, we went to an area like that uh, a couple, two, three years ago now. And uh, he actually arrowed one of those bulls, and that bull had a cow with him already. So... It's just neat, you know. You, you go out the very first morning, and guys think it's magic. It's like it is. <laughs> how did you? It is, you know. Like first off, how did you know to go there? And then, how do you know what to do in that situation? And and like, how does it happen? You know, like, <laughs> and it's just, you know, I've been hunting since I was a little kid. It's just you you learn all these things kind of through the years. It's not something you just don't learn it overnight kind of thing it's you have to pay your dues and you you've getting beat and you know and you said it too right a lot of it comes down to patience i mean you talk about this scenario and and you said uh it's not for everybody but if you can if you can settle yourself in right and and say hey i'm committed to this position to this for call it and I honestly, I think 25, 35 minutes is, is short with some of those older bulls. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you got to commit to that. I, I, dude, I saw guys have the wind perfect, have elk right below them. They got eyes on the elk and just shit out all the information and knowledge they had and they yeah. blew down right into the wind and i was i'm watching it happen <laughs> oh, from a vantage no. and i'm like 
what the hell did you guys just do? Why mm-hmm. did you do yeah. that? And it's like they just, <laughs> you know, all, yeah. it, all the gray yeah. matter just sh- right on out. <laughs> it was right just like, there. God <laughs> damn, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. uh, you know, but it, it, it's, it's patience. You, you gotta, yeah. you gotta set yourself up and understand going into that. You just, you just have to play their game and shit, man. Yeah. And, and why I say 25, 35 minutes, I've done 25, 35 minutes pulled off and then move up to the next spot to play yeah. and then go, that son of a bitch is right where I was at. He, he's right there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, I'm so more, I'm more inclined to hang for 45 at this point, uh, yeah. especially yeah. if I'm playing, you know, what I, <clears throat> what I believe is an older bull. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. That's, uh, that's the 20, 25 minutes. I'll give it once I've moved up. And if I haven't really seen nothing, then I'll move back to my calling station and I'll do it all over again, but I'll ramp up the sound just a little bit more. But honestly, my whole morning is, is right there. I'm not leaving. You know, till probably 11 o'clock, yep. 11.30. And then I'm probably pulling out. It's starting to get warm. If that bull hasn't come, and honestly, usually they're coming within the first hour. Because once he starts hearing that sounds and you're only 100 yards away from his area, you do that two or three times, and man, they can't take it. They're they're going ballistic in their head. Their head's probably ready to blow up, and I'm, I swear <laughs> smoke's coming out of their ears. They're going... Like who in the heck is in my area, yeah. right? Like I want him out. <laughs> have you have you, know? you noticed when you get into those those you know mature bull layers, we'll call them? Have you noticed yep. a pattern in their rubs? Because I I tried to I've pl- tried to plot it out the last couple seasons, and I yep. think to me it doesn't seem like it's random as we think it is. No, I, I believe like all the ones I I come across usually, there's always a little there's a there's a spring of some sort. There's fresh water right there. Either it's a wallow or it's a spring or it's a little creek or something. And they'll be in those like up here it's usually in like the thick spruce and pine trees. And they'll be literally like it's just like whitetail hunting. You know how they make their rub lines? Mm-hmm. They'll rub this tree. They'll rub the next tree. And if you get on those signposts you can look down them and you can see okay there's the next one there's the next one the elk are almost identical and you can literally get on the game trail look through and you can see all their rubs and you can walk their trail all the way through that little layer and it's literally those i swear to god some of those layers are pretty big they're they could be 100 yards across yeah through the bush right and uh and a lot of them will lead to another it'll go into a little opening you know through the the thinner bush into another thick patch and then it's another layer they might have three or four of those Mm -hmm. where they just go back and forth to right so that's why i'm like you i like to give it a little bit more time because if they're at the far end of their layer yeah they're not going to be on you in in two minutes you know they might it might take them 45 minutes to wander over or to finally hear you you know maybe they were outside of their layer doing something feeding maybe they're coming back from a, a pipeline feeding you know first thing in the morning they're going to be gone feeding somewhere so give them time to get back to their lair and then hear you and then start coming into your location right yeah so. and it's funny to watch the the other bulls right the, the we'll call it the lesser bulls um respect that 
area. Yeah. It, that part. Yeah. And I saw that twice last year with that bull in his, in his area. And, and to watch, you know, this, this, it was a nice five. He come in and he had a small group of cows with him and man, they dropped down and they hit that first bench. And that, that bull actually went back up and skated over the, cr- the top of his, mm. that would have been his South rub line, um, yeah. right above his bench. And it was like, what the heck? And I didn't yeah. I didn't catch it. And then I had a rag do the same thing on it. And I was like, holy crap, they're respecting his area. So yeah. that's what keyed me in, like, okay, I'm playing this bull. Like this dude is the this is the Mac Daddy of the Hill right here. And I mean you're talking yeah. this timber patch was not big, dude. <clears throat> not big at all. So to see that activity yeah. and to see him hold, you know, basically it was it was two and a half benches. Um and almost he must have been he was probably 200 yards from the east to the west and he held he held two benches total and then one his rub line went up uh this this drainage small drainage and then kind of crossed over and then back down and it was obvious oh, okay. like his all his rubs were almost <clears throat> they were almost identical in makeup you know what tree he was selecting yeah. to rub and it was pretty interesting yeah. to really dive into that part of it Absolutely, yeah. And the other thing people got to realize, you know, say you've called that bull out and you shot him, that area is not dead. Another bull will take over yep. that. And you come back there next year, that's another layer for a different bull. Yep, they want it so, right now. <laughs> yeah, so it's literally like mark those in your GPS or on your, you know, if you you have it on your phone, mark it on whatever app you're using, Onyx, or we have iHunter up here, what we use. Mark it on your iHunter and go check those areas next year and the year after and the year after. And you know what? Take a buddy or or if you got a kid or something, take a little kid with you and let them experience that. Like nothing like that at all ever, right? And it's it it just like for me that's the whole that's what I live for. I can't wait for opening opening oh, season. You know? It's after that, you know, after those four or five days where you've hunted those now those bulls they're gonna leave that little bedroom now they're going patrolling they're going searching for cows right so it becomes a whole different game after that now you're getting into the advertising doing different setups trying to bring elk to you and trying to get them to scream and give away the location and but a lot of that is still um once i've left the the bedroom area you know say it's a week into the season now it's september 1st september 2nd 3rd now I'm literally, I'm in those same areas on those ridges like you like to hunt, same thing. But now first thing in the morning, my first half an hour, 45 minutes, it's a patience waiting game. I'll trek in there, get into a comfy spot, find a log. I'll take my backpack off, set it down, get a bottle of water out. I'm sitting there for 45 minutes and I'm just, my ears are tuned in to, you know, what's going on around you. Let things happen. You know, you're listening this way. Just let things happen and see what's going on. Guaranteed, you wait that 45 minutes, you're going to hear a little... (laughs) Or something. Or you might hear... Now you have a direction. Okay, awesome. There's a bull over there. There could be one over here. Now, what are they saying? Now I sit there and I try to listen to what they're saying. And hopefully they'll they'll make the sound again if they don't make the sound a lot of times i'll just throw out that little chuckle again just a real quiet like 
literally that quiet. Like it's as quiet as you can possibly chuckle. Because the only reason I'm doing that, I'm just trying to chuckle into that first hundred, maybe 150 yards, and literally let those let those elk. They're, they're going to hear it. I mean, their their ears are yeah nine <laughs> nine ten eleven inches long, right? They can hear way better than we can. So even though you're making that little tiny sound, I guarantee you that bull's hearing it. And once he hears it, he's going to crack off and he's going to make his sound again. Now you just got to think, okay, what do we got to do? What's the game plan? What's the thermals doing? Because it's downhill usually or uphill from you. You got to figure it all out first. And then that's part of your game plan. Now you can, now you can start the chess game and 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 going back to what we said earlier about the chess game and the other hunters the low audible is going to win that animal Mm -hmm. right and it's not going to alert the other hunters in the area to that activity if we talk about you know ear size and and being able to perceive that sound um have you have you noticed and i've had several bulls where they'll come back with low audible whether it's just smacking a tree with the antler you know breaking a Mm. branch or something i had uh I've had it over the last couple of years, but last year it got me. It was so, I was so pissed off myself. Um, I was down and just real low, real low lost cow. Um, the bulls weren't yeah. talking a lot. So I just, you know, kept it real light and we were about gray light and I just held it and I just moved back and forth in this little thick timber patch. I don't know, 40, yes. 50 yards back and forth, kind of triangling and zigzagging and uh, yeah. rub the grass and whatnot. And I, all I heard was a snap. And I go, oh, okay, you're up on, you're up above me. Uh, so I'm, I creep yeah. in, man, and I, I get in the position. I'm like, where are you? Where are you? And all I can see, I can see an ear, and then I can see a piece of main beam, right? And I'm like, damn oh. it, it's a freaking spike, man. So I'm sitting there, I'm looking, and I'm looking. I'm like, yeah, that's a spike, staring up, you know. And it, what it is is this little ridge that goes up, and he's benched out, and he's he's behind, you know, he's in the deadfall, and that's they love to bed where they're protected, right? The more deadfall, yep. the better. And uh, oh yeah, he's he's stuck up in there, and I'm like, yeah, it's a damn spike, <laughs> and I'm like, son of a gun, right? I, I come out of position for a spike. So I, I want to creep up, you know, another few feet because you always want to get a better look at him. A spike or a cow, yeah. you don't care. <laughs> and man, He's I, got it. it's all this dry rot timber below my feet. And I <laughs> and that SOB stands up, dude. And he's just yeah. branch beaming nice five by six. And he's looking dead ass at me. And I'm like, you got to be shitting me, man. And he looked at me and yeah. I just shook my head. And he spun and boom, he was gone. So, yeah. you know, it's like. I, I I I knew you I knew you talked to me because you cracked that you cracked that branch or whatever you did. That's right. And I didn't yeah. play the freaking game all the way through and I made yeah. an assumption. I should have just sat there, knocked the freaking arrow, and waited until yeah. he stood up. At some point he was gonna stand up. <laughs> dude and yeah. To my dismay, this this time, right, making noise. He stood up, dude, and I oh, couldn't. Yeah. I looked, and I'm telling you, man, my my chin hit my chest when he stood up. I was like, oh, dude. I think he was oh. th- about 37 yards frontal, and I'm like, no way. Yeah, oh, it was it man. was like, damn. And I was late in the season too, right? Passed on <laughs> yeah. a couple, had a, you know several blown opportunities, and that dude stands up and blows out of my life forever. And it was just yep. like, damn. What do you do? You know, it's. It's so funny you mentioned that because I, I tell people this in my seminars, but I like I do big seminars and I'll tell people 
when I'm sitting up there, listen for them to knock mm-hmm. their antlers on on a tree. It's that boom. Yeah. You 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 hear it, but most people they're not listening for that. They're listening for the yeah. Like they're it's got to be a bugle or it's not an elk, right? They make so many sounds like. I swear, you hear them trip on roots and stuff mm-hmm. and rocks all the time. I know they're doing that just to make that sound because it's part of the chess game. Yeah. That's yep. that's the stuff they're using, yep. right? It's like, okay, if they make this little sound, now do it right back. And now you think, it's not an elk sound. You're not making a call. You're not rubbing a tree. You're hitting your boot on a root. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly what they're doing. And I swear to God, they're... They're doing it, and they're it's they're listening for that yeah. same reply. Yeah. That's what they're looking for, right? Yes. So it it's little things like that that you know. Let's face it: ninety five percent of the people they're not they're not tuned into that. Um, well, and, unless and, it's an elk sound or a cow sound, that's it, what they're listening for. In their defense, I don't. We hear a lot of they're a loud animal. Right, they make a lot mm-hmm. of noise. So I don't think people perceive that as yep. communication. Oh, that's just an elk moving. But if you sit yep. back and you watch a herd come off of, you know, if they're running two trails, one high, one low, like you can hear them. Yes, you can hear yep. them. But what you're hearing is you're yep. not they're not cracking. And if you watch a bull move through thick timber, silent right so folks got to understand that that is part of the communication um and you talk about you talk about them hitting their their antlers against you know a tree or whatnot and this was uh probably i think it was 2019 or 2020 and and it sounds kooky when i say it but it was it was pretty interesting and i'm down raking and my boy's with me and then you know off to you know if i'm raking and and you know we're i'm facing 12 o'clock so off to my one o'clock 130 ish i hear a clack and i was like oh and i you know just listen and then yeah. about 11 30 12 o'clock maybe 70 yards 80 yards up clack and then off oh, to this yeah. side clack and i'm like holy crap we got three bulls okay. and my boy's looking at me he goes what the hell is that i go they're cracking yeah. their antlers he goes he tells yeah. me he goes no nah, dad you know what that reminded me of and i go what he goes remember that sasquatch show where they're smacking the tree yeah. with the thing yeah, exactly. and i'm like well that bull responded to us and then the other two bulls responded to him identically right and that was kind of the light that went off for me and it's like that is communication that is light communication with those three bulls and they were yeah you know within 80 to 100 yards from us we were able to hear it you know clear as day uh but man it's amazing when you hone into those low audible you know non-vocalized communications Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just when you're traveling through, like a lot of guys you talk to, they they don't want to make any noise whatsoever. Like on my bugle tube, I have the plastic handle is open. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys don't like that. They're like, oh, branches are going to go on there and they're going to hear it and it's going to tick and it's going to make noise. I want to make noise. Like I'm, I'm going through and I'm hitting branches and I'm swooshing grass and a lot of times... I'll hit my tube on the ground as I'm going like a walking stick, you know, it's just, it's stuff like that. That's the, that's the keys. That's what elk, a predator is silent. Yeah. Okay. Like a bear, a cougar, they're silent. 
the last thing I want to be, I, I'm a predator, but I don't want to portray that I'm a predator. Right. I'm, I want to portray that I'm an elk or a calf or a cow elk or anything like that, right? So you swish any of that grass, you make any of that noise, you do any of that stuff, now you're perceived as an elk. And the, you're going to get the replies back. Yep. And you just got to be, you have to be understanding of what is happening that's yeah. that's yeah. the problem right as we hear it and it's just like oh it's a squirrel dropping a pine cone yeah you know yeah. <laughs> and see that's where like you were out today in the mountains and basically like as soon as our snow goes we get out there we start walking these trails we're putting cameras up you know all that stuff you're you're, you're looking for all that sign already but now we're doing it all through the whole summer right into the month of august and then before you know it, it's hunting season. You're going into these spots, not willy-nilly, just, oh, I'm going to go try here today. I'm going to try over there. All summer long, you've been with these elk, and you know where they are, where they like to go, where this bull likes to go, where that herd of cows are. Like when I'm hanging cameras, I'm not looking for the bulls. Yeah, it's awesome to get see them grow and, you know, get into July and August, and they're, they're already big six-by-sixes, and, you know, they're all full velvet. Don't get me wrong, that's awesome to see. That's not what I'm looking for on my cameras at all. I'm looking for the cows and the calves, mm-hmm. 100%. That's all I care about because my whole thing is I'm going in there the first couple days and I'm going to this area where they are. You know, and if there's a bedroom in that certain area where those cows already are, it's that much that much sweeter, right? So that's kind of how my brain automatically goes. It's where are the cows? That's where the bulls are going to be. Even August 25th, opening morning, I swear to God, some of those cows are coming in August 15th, August 20th. Their estrus cycles are starting, and some of those cows are getting bred right away, you know. So if you want to shoot a big bull, that first week of archery season, that's the, that's the best chance. You're going to see those bulls are not screaming. But those bulls are checking all the cows. You know, they probably left their bedroom. They're searching. They're circling downwind of all the herds of cows. Oh, there's, they're picking one out that's coming in. Bam, he's breeding. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to bugle. He didn't have to do anything. He didn't. He just literally strolled in there and wham, ma'am, thank you, bam, let's get out of here. And there's, so, there's some regularity to what they do in terms of breeding area, calving area, and how long they hang and stay in those, mm-hmm. you know, air quote production areas so if you can hone in on that stuff that's huge man um oh yeah you know that in the states where you know you have that early season um we'll call it you know that that mid to late august that may be a little different you know and you may be getting into those those bachelor groups of bulls but chances are man you you know you're in that first week wow if you can get into those production areas and if it's if it's just about any bull oh dude yeah oh it's yeah on. that's right yeah and see like and that's the other great thing i forgot to mention here in alberta during archery season there's you're actually allowed to shoot antlerless so you can shoot antlerless or you can shoot three point or bigger so i mean if a nice healthy cow walks by in front of you you can take her you <laughs> You got nice, sweet taste of meat, and that's right in the freezer. You know, it's the best meat you can possibly Heck get, yeah. right? So it's that even, it's that easier, you know. I have found, I don't know if you found this, but 
for me, it seems like it's almost harder to call cows in than it is to call bulls in. So I, I don't know what you've seen, but if you're actually targeting a cow to actually go and call a cow in, they're not that easy. <laughs> I, I think when we start talking about that higher, you know, that 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 lead cow or that, you know, they're they're in line for the matriarch. I think I would agree with you. Now, the younger cows, sh- I've been yeah. surrounded by seven, eight, nine of them. And they're looking at me like, what the hell are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or those spikers that have two or three buddies with them and they just yeah. come well, the, barreling in like they're a racehorse, right? You know, and like, no offense. I got buddies that <laughs> that's all they do is hunt spike bulls. But man, you can, yeah. you could cut one into your bugle tube and get a little spike to come in. You know, I just, oh, yeah. I, it's oh, yeah. like, you're the, you gotta be the dumbest damn animal on the mountain. Cause man, I yeah. ain't never seen nothing come in that curious. You know, oh, yeah. it is unbelievable how curious they are. Yeah. It's like, and they come in so damn fast. It's like their back legs are just, whoa, 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 whoa. like they're just, they're hauling butt right to you. Right. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's something else, man. So, okay. So we, we went through early season. So what's your, you know, what's your, your break? Where's the line in the sand for the next portion of season? And what are you doing? So now after I'm past those first three mornings and I've done, you know, a couple, couple, three, four mornings of just going out and roaming the trails, what I'm doing from there on, it's basically advertising or breeding sequence. Because that's what all the bulls are looking for at that point anyway. So if you're, you know, and it's still, I'm literally going from one spot. I'll set up, do some calling, and I'll stay there for 45 minutes, an hour. Then I might I might only bump ahead maybe 100, 200 yards, depending what the train's like. Or if you're up, a lot of times I like to start up higher. That first setup, I'm waiting for the morning thermals to quit and start coming back up. So... First thing in the morning, they're going downhill till about 8.30, 9 o'clock. So you pretty much, you're stuck to that, to that one level where you're hunting. But what I'm trying to do after that, once it's actually the thermals have turned and they start coming up, now that's when you can start popping down to the other levels and stuff like that. And literally, if I drop down the level, it might be 150, 200 yards. I'm doing the whole setup again. And I might do like... A calling scenario for three, four minutes, and then I'll just be quiet for 20 minutes. Then I'll do the calling scenario again, another three, four minutes, quiet again for 20 minutes. Do that for an hour and just see what comes into you. Or if you get a, a, a bull, excuse me, a bull that bugles, well, now you can change your whole chess game. I'm, I'm not going to stay there and hope he comes to me. Now I'm going to change it and you start know, to push. Cut the di- yeah, yeah, cut the distance on him and, and try to call him in. But a lot of times it's still early in the season, you know, you're the first week or into the second week. Basically, it's a lot of those bulls are still going to come secretly, like quietly just coming into you, right? So that's kind of what I'm doing. That's my whole morning game plan. And then, like, we take our jet boils and our backpacks and we'll we'll have lunch with us. You know, we'll have lunch in the hills there. And, and then we'll kind of do the whole thing back in, in the evening again, like all the way to evening. So it's just where we hunt, it's kind of, it's silly to hunt an area all morning and then hike all the way back out, go back to camp for lunch and then come back out at like three or four in the afternoon. I mean, you totally can, but honestly, it's funner just to stay in there and 
a lot of times we're not just sitting there. You, you'll get on a trail and, man, I, you can see on your map, like, oh, it looks like there's a lick or something over there. Let's get on these trails and let, let's head that way. It's only a mile over. Let's go see if there's a lick over there. And that, for me, is some of the best times because it's the middle of the day. Nothing's really happening. So, and it's warm. You know, you have all your stuff off. Your, your warm coats are shoved in your backpack and you're just walking around in a T-shirt and real light pants. And now you're just cruising. You're exploring. So that whole time that I'm doing that, I'm scouting the whole way that I'm doing it. So it's like you're hunting, but you're scouting all at the same time. Like throw it all into one big pool. Everything you're you're finding, like from old elk elk crap to fresh elk crap, you know the fresh green stuff. Put that in your memory bank because if there's green fresh poop, you know the elk are somewhere close by. And then the other thing, while you're walking these trails, look at the track the the direction that the tracks are going. Like most of the trails are going to go one way, they're going to do something, then they're going to come back on a different trail. So that's kind of kind of follow those tracks and say okay well where are they going what are they leading to it's going to a feeding area it's going to a bedding area or it's going to water somewhere now you're kind of zoning in on that stuff and then when you get to the end of that trail and you think oh so you come to a little spring or something you're like wow look at this (laughs) this is awesome right and if you're smart you're putting these little points in in your in your mapping system on your phone then when you do get back to camp later on or that night or wherever could be a week down the road you bring up your map and you start looking at all these points and you're going that's what they're doing oh, okay you're starting to figure them out and you know what mm-hmm. they're doing why they're going there so now you throw that into your whole game plan yeah you were just on an afternoon hike you know but now you have a whole game plan of what the elk are actually doing and the chances so, of you having an opportunity are increased if you're in the woods and not at camp oh yeah. for three, four hours yes. a day, right? Like for me, I'm I'm dark to dark, dude. I'm going in before yeah. gray light and I'm coming out after the sun sets. Yeah. You know, I'm using yeah. every bit of that light that I can. Right. And yeah. you know, you might have a couple days where you, you know, you want to go back to camp. That's fine, but you know, mm-hmm. you have to utilize every bit of time you have on something yeah. you've waited work so gd hard on you know you watch the this little timber pocket that i was sitting on last year man i'd i'd go and have my lunch plus or minus the same spot i'm looking north i got all these big flats and i'd watch the mule deer there was like i don't know man it seemed like 20 mule deer would would pop up and down in the willows they wouldn't go you know more than 300 yards all day long and you got all these deer hunters running around can't see them from down on the road but then i'm sitting (laughs) there and i'm eating my lunch and I'm watching side by side by side by side and quad and this and oh, just blaze man. by. And I'm like, where the hell's everybody going? Yeah. They're going yeah. back and sitting in camp. And it's just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I, And then you go talk to them <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you, you guys getting anything? Oh, we haven't seen one elk. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to keep a poker face. But you're like, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, how the hell have I been an elk every day, like all yeah. day long? How the hell are you not seeing any elk? You know? Yeah. And it's just like, oh man. It's, and it's just like, it's yeah. The same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me, man. I just seen that exact same thing. I was actually doing seminars in Edmonton at the tra- at the trade show. And guys were saying, man, it was a weird, like, they'd come up to your table afterwards, you know, buy some calls and stuff. And, and I heard it over and over. And, like, 
they're always saying like was it a weird year for you last year like were the elk just not bugling and i'm going i'm i don't want to tell them almost right. that every morning that i went out we were pretty much into bugling elk like every morning like we did something different last year i didn't hunt solo a whole bunch last year we went in like a group of five or six of us and we had like couple camera guys, a couple callers, and a shooter, and stuff like that. So it was like a real, it was pretty cool. We were just trying different scenarios, and it was so awesome to have two or three callers back behind you doing these scenarios. You know, one guy would portray a bull, the other couple guys would be a calf, one guy would be a cow, and they're just intermingling all back in behind you. It's just an orchestra of sound going on behind you. And the bulls are just you know, it's oh, it, yeah. it was pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty awesome. I still love my solo stuff. Don't get me wrong, I love my solo stuff. But that uh, that stuff where you have the guys calling with you and stuff, it's pretty fun. So I don't want to pass it up, but you said the breeding sequence earlier, right? And that is, yeah, that's probably. I have more fun running a breeding sequence, and that. Is the most exhausting tactic you could use on the mountain, especially solo, right? But yeah. hot dang, yeah. man, it's so much fun, and it and it provides so much opportunity. It's yep. just unbelievable. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I'm curious to know how you do it. Um, I guess I'll kind of, I'll prelude into how I kind of do it, and then I'll, I'll get your take on it and see how you kind of do it, but. For me, if I'm on a game trail, say I'm on top of the ridge or whatever, I'll break that, that ridge down to about 100 yards is what I'll do. And at this end, I only do bull sounds, and then I'll come back over here, and I'll do only cow-calf stuff. And I'll do that for, honestly, the first hour, and then I'll start bringing, bringing it, it all together. And closer. Yeah, yeah, bringing buddy. it in. And then I'll introduce another little bull sound over on, on this far side as I'm bringing stuff in as if another bull had came in. So I know I just love doing that, but I find when you, you, you separate that hundred yards out, it makes it so much more realistic because the elk are going to be spread out, right? So well, then it's going to give you, especially if it's in any bull situation, if that you know rag four or five comes in, if you're spread out, it's more likely he's going to come and want to check that cow out versus yep. you know you being 20 30 yards on end to end of your yep. scenario, right? He's going to be a yep. little hesitant to come in and really commit to coming in, you know, within 30 40 yards or whatever his eye shot yep. is. So, I agree, I, oh, I yeah. kind of run mine the same way, um, and that's the part that's exhausting right is because you're you're solo in this so you know the the biggest thing for me when i do that is i try to play at least a level up if i can right if that's okay. a bench or yeah you know that way it is if depending on whatever comes in it doesn't see me going from point a to point b from playing bull yeah. to play cow calf right so i try yeah. to level up on them and the the only detriment in that that I've found that if it's a younger bull, that younger bull is at a disadvantage being downhill and will tend mm -hmm. to hold downhill and not commit to the approach as much uh, yeah. is the only detriment. Yeah. But I haven't had the same success playing down below them 
in that yeah. scenario. So I all, I've always played a level up where they can't just come in from any direction and see me going back and forth. Because as you're moving through that scenario, uh, dude, yeah. I'm sweating. I'm huffing and I'm puffing yeah. and I'm sweating. Right. And you still got to you still have to maintain your your whereabouts and yeah. be ready to shoot at the drop of a dime, you know, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And the other thing I do, depending on how I start this whole scenario, I always put the cows on the downwind side, because if you really think about it, the bulls are going to be coming to circle. They, they don't care what the bull. They don't care about the bull. Nope. They're not coming to the bull. They're here in the cows. Then, in that scenario, that that bull is going to want to circle downwind and scent check those cows. So that's why I'm. If they're to the east of me, that's where I'm doing it. If it's to the west of me, that's how I'm doing it. It all depends on the wind direction and then what the thermals is doing. Mm-hmm. So kind of keep that in into account as well. Like, there's no sense having the bull to the west when the wind's going, you know, down to the west. He's not coming to where the bull is. He's going to avoid avoid that bull of all, all costs. Cost, that's right. So, you know, so kind of play that scenario that way. It's it's something a lot of people don't think of. They'll just start doing the calling and not think of that. But you have those bulls. They'll either come directly straight in. They don't care what's happening. They're a big bull. They're going to kick ass on anything anyways. Or push them out and chase them out of there and take the cows. Or you got the four or five points, the small six points. Those suckers, they got to circle downwind. They're coming in sneaky and quietly, and they want to grab a cow, and they want to sneak out. Yep. So, you know, that's it's pretty fun that way, too. Though, oh, it's a then blast. Some, sometimes you get a couple bulls coming in at the same time, and they're not going to be together. Now they're coming at different angles, different approaches. And sometimes you just see antler tips coming up over the ridges through the trails. So it's like... Okay, here and, they come. And you have to pay attention, right? It's to what's going on because yep. a lot of those younger bulls, they'll start to rake. They'll they'll get on oh, yeah. some of that yep. younger that younger growth and man, they'll just start raking. If you're so wrapped up into what you're doing, yep. and you're going from, you know, bull point A to cow's point B, and that sucker's yep. down there raking and he's in the midpoint cuz he's coming in in the middle trying to cut off that bull that's talking to those cows, yeah. you just blew up your situation, right? So yeah, you really totally. got to stay yeah in tune with everything listen for those low audibles yep. you know the oh rawr, yeah rawr, rawr, those real whiny little wimpy uh yeah you know chuckles that come in like oh i'm over here you know come see me so it's funny you say the raking on those bulls when they're coming in like when i first started hunting my first thought was okay that bull's raking he's getting ready because he's he's coming in he wants to fight me now further on in our career I'm realizing it's clicking in, and you hear other people talk about it now too. Like it's all display. They're raking. They're displaying. Mm-hmm. They're trying to. They're trying to steal your cows yep. without even having to come close to you. Mm-hmm. So the minute you hear that, it's like, yeah, okay. Now you got to change the scenario. Okay, you're gonna push this bull. What are you gonna do to call him in now? Yeah. That that's where it really changes. If he's a smaller bull, you got to be super careful because you push him right back out real yeah. quick and easy, right? So, yeah, oh, I would, so I would, fun. Personally, <laughs> I would I would hold on everything. I let that suck because they'll rake for 15, 20 yeah. minutes. I'm gonna try and creep in on him and get as close as I possibly can to where he's raking and see if I can't get yeah. an opportunity. 
Absolutely. So you can either do that, and every time it starts breaking, just slowly move in. You know, if you gain three, four yards this time, perfect. Eventually, you're going to be right on top of them where you can get a shot. The other thing I really like to do, this is where the chess game really comes in. I really like to just keep playing with them and doing the calling and doing that low sounds that you were doing already. And I tried to let them just come right up in to and join your whole setup. And it, I feel when you do that, they've they've heard the sounds for an hour, hour and a half. So when they first came in, they're pretty alert and they're they're on edge of what's going on. After you've been with them for a little while, they, they calm right down. down. Yes, they settle down. And now all of a sudden, they feel like they're almost being let into your herd, if it if it makes weird sense at all. Mm-hmm. But that's how I feel like they are. And before you know it, those bulls are literally walking right past you at 15, 20 yards. You know, I mean, you're still standing there and you're not moving. It's just like any other teenager, right? They just want acceptance. Yeah. I mean, realistically, yep. they want acceptance. So as they settle yep. in, that acceptance, you know, uh, level grows in their head. Yep. And boom, you, you're there. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's right. So. It's uh, man, it just gets me fired up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't come fast enough now. <laughs> we're gonna have. We're gonna and definitely have to do a couple of these before season. Yeah, because we could stay oh, yeah, on this for, for sure. five freaking hours, dude. You start talking well, about it, scenarios and tactic. Holy crap! And the whole thing is. Honestly, guy, we haven't really made much for elk sounds, really. Lee. Yeah. We've we've did moaning and groaning and some chuckling and some raking treats. Yep. I mean, that's the best thing ever. You didn't have to do anything. You didn't have to learn anything. And, you know, so there's lots of guys, you know, they have the reeds in their trucks and they practice all summer long and they get pretty dang good. You know, I hear these guys at these shows, They some guys are scared to call in front of you at the show. Some guys just grab a tube and they just they fire off and they're like, holy crap, this dude's pretty good, right? And uh, so these guys have been practicing all year. Those guys are really good. But what about the guys that haven't practiced? They're going into archery season. They can still do all these sounds, mm-hmm. you know? A couple of cow mews and a calf call and some moaning and groaning and raking. So, I mean, it's not a high level experience thing yet. No, it doesn't have to be. anything along this. It doesn't have to be. Keep it simple. Keep it fun. And just see what comes, you know, comes out of it. It's. I've heard some guys with the best locates and chuckles in the woods, you know, mm-hmm. at, at some of the archery shoots and competitions. But oh, yeah. You, 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 and this is no offense to anyone that I've come in contact with, but you ask them to string something together and, and put on a scenario, right? Like, okay, so you did that. So what's next? Right. And they, you know, and the, and it's like deer in the headlight, um, type situation. So yeah, you can have all the practice in the world, but again, going back to how we started and we kind of, you know, fell off track with it, but you know, being a linguist and understanding the language and being able to utilize the language is far more important. I would rather have a mediocre sound with 
proper <clears throat> use of the language, then I would have exceptional sound quality, yeah. we'll say, right? Versus yeah. no use of the language. Because if you can't string together four or five sounds in a tactic or, you know, and talk to them, you're not doing anything. Yeah. You're alerting them that, hey, something is funky over there. Something is wrong. Like you said yeah. earlier, you know, bugle and chuckle. Well, you just, you know, asked if someone was here with the locate and then you chuckle, you know, like, hey, yeah. I'm over here. Come here. Yeah. Like, what the hell is that? That's yeah. not how it works. So, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, and you see everybody's doing the same thing. You know, you have those four or five guys. They're doing the exact same thing. But not one of them is sitting back like you would be in the bush back there, just breaking a tree lightly or just hanging out. Just you got to play the nothing, absolutely nothing. You got to play the other hunters, man. You know that? Yeah. I don't know if you ever seen that that series called Queen's Gamut, and it's about uh, it's about this this lady that uh, she's just a stellar chess player back in the '60s and '70s, and. This is how bad I am with elk, right? As, as, as I'm watching this series, and it was really good, I'm, I'm watching her play chess against any opponent. But as you watch it, you're not just playing chess against that opponent that is sitting in front of you. You're playing chess with the entire room of people that are yeah. there in that tournament. It's the same effing thing <laughs> when we hit the Elkwoods. Now, if you're in a, a private land outfitted, you know, ranch type situation and, you know, the guides are able to hunt their little, you know, nooks and crannies of the ranch, you may not have that. Yeah. There, there's a little bit of a like that comes with it. But if you're on public yeah. land, you are going to have to learn how to play chess against the entire room. And you're going to have to yeah. have such a strong game and understanding of everything you do, how it affects everyone that's watching in that room. Um, yeah. You know, and, and yeah. again, I don't know, you know, people may not be able to relate to that, but watch Queen's Gamut. Watch the damn series and take that into the Elkwoods yeah. and understand that you're not just playing against your opponent anymore, you yeah. know, especially that's- as we get crowded. Exactly, yeah. Well, now you're playing against all the other hunters, yeah. but then you're playing against the real thing as well. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's how, like double whammy. Yeah. So let them <laughs> let them play their game, right? And, yeah. and you figure out how to play off of everything that's going around you to arrow that bull, or exactly. I mean, for that matter, the cow, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things last year. We so the first the first week of season, we dropped into an area off the beaten path and i knew all right you know we go scout it's like okay this is a camp last year there's a there's a a a shitter still dug back there there's a lodge pole you know for meat hanging over here oh look at this you know this looks like it might have been an outfitter's camp because it guess what i did is i put myself right in the middle of all that crap down lower yeah right because i knew what was going to happen i knew it yeah dude this it was uh the second or third day of season I'm laying in the dang tent and I hear, and I'm like, God damn bear already. We haven't been here two days and we got a bear yeah. scouting camp. Right. And think nothing of it. Hour later wakes me up again. And I'm like, God dang it, man. You know, as long as you don't get yeah. in my food, I'm okay. Right. And yeah. two, three hours later, hear it again. What the hell is going on? Dude would get up, you know, it's three, four in the morning, get out of the tent. And, I, and I'm like, Holy shit. You know, that that's not bear, right? And yeah, yeah. I'm like, man, that sound, you know, it smells elky as hell. So I go and I, you know, go to make, get the jet bowl, <laughs> make some coffee. And I go, you know what? I'm going to go grab my bugle tube and walk over to this edge and just real light locate, you know, off it. Yeah. Nothing. And uh, then I hear, 
Oh, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh, shoot. So I, you know, woke my buddy up and I run over, grab the tube again, and I go and I hit it again just a little higher. And dude, the, everything just went crazy. I had six bulls screaming. Well, as wow. the light comes up, you know, we're moving in. I'm like, let's go. We got to go now. They're right below us. Yeah. Well, we're yeah. moving down. Light's coming up. And I'm looking around, dude, and I mean, just thrash. We were in a mass exodus. So all the traffic up above us did exactly what we knew it was going to do. And it literally, totally. I, I'm i not bullshitting you, Travis. I could have reached out of my tent and grabbed legs. They walked <laughs> literally <laughs> through our camp. And I mean, right, you're talking, sir. oh, dude, a couple hundred head, easy. The, the really? area that they bedded below us was 100 yards by 75 yards. And just you could just see all the beds in it. They just laid down below us. Oh, and up above us, all you heard was, all yeah. freaking day long, screaming, chuckle, 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 chuckle. That's all you heard. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. what do we think that these elk are going to do? Right? They're, exactly. they're not stupid. You got 50 cars driving up the road in the last, yeah. you know, six hours. <clears throat> they're going to get the hell out of Dodge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, or so. they're going to simply, or they're simply hunkering right down and, yeah. and not saying it deep. You yeah. know, it's, it's amazing. But that's the goal that you get. I mean, that's the that's what you get when you make the effort and you actually go down into those places. Now those bulls that are super quiet, they're not saying anything because the side-by-side just mm-hmm. went by or guys on horses went by. You know, if you're not down in there, it's the same thing here. If you're not within 100 yards of a bull or something, they're not saying nothing to you. So it's... Sometimes you get really lucky, not going to lie. You're just walking those game trails. You stop and you let out some little sound or whatever, and boom, they're right there. But, I mean, there's lots of times where you're going to be walking along and you could walk three, four miles, and you don't hear nothing, nothing, right? Because you haven't walked through their bedroom or their little spot where they're bedded or something like that. or, or yeah, they've a, been pressured and heard 50 bugles in the first three days. Yeah. And every yeah, time they totally. went to it, they caught whiff of, of again, you know, Canadian whiskey and poutine. Right. So they're, yeah. they're going to get wise to that and avoid those situations. But, you yeah, know, I, right. I can't stress that enough, man, is, is to play is to play the entire freaking game. You got to play the yeah. entire field. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. um. So Wapiti River, man. So you know, I I come into Wapiti River through uh, the call the the Elk Bros calls, and uh, so talk about Wapiti, man, a little bit and what you offer, and you know, let uh, let some of these folks get uh, get some of those sweet tubes and diaphragms okay. down here. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I started about twelve years ago, I guess, something like that. And I'm pretty much strictly just elk calls. You know, we did have some deer calls and stuff at the start, but uh, my specialty is definitely elk, elk breeds and stuff like that. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're just elk breed. They got domes. Depends what you want. We got all, you know, we have different stretches, right? My whole line is basically a really soft stretch line because I want, when I first initially started, I wanted brand new callers to be able to pick up reeds and learn how to make the sounds and do it fairly easily. So my whole lineup, you know, starts off with like real light latex, cow calf stuff, 
goes up into the middle like zero four latex and then up into the thicker latex for like my reaper read and stuff like that thick latex that's what that's what i use at worlds for all the bugling and stuff and then i use a really light cow calf read for all your calf stuff and cow stuff on at worlds but that whole lineup literally right from the calf reads right up to my reaper bugling read they're super easy like I'll have guys, brand new guys, they'll pick up the Reaper and it's thicker latex. You think, well, that's going to be the hardest one to, to pretty much learn on. And you'll get you'll get emails like three days later after like the trade shows and stuff. They're like, dude, that's the easiest read I've ever tried. Like, and I'm just mind blown. I'm going, oh my God. Like, that's a hard read. Like, that's a bugling read, right? <laughs> and these guys are just firing off, you know, cow sounds, bugles and it's a it amazes me but so that's how my whole line for wapiti river was kind of kind of formed it was i the worst thing you can do and the worst thing for me is to build a reed that's really hard to get sound off i don't want people to get discouraged and just uh throw the reed in the garbage and now that thing doesn't work the worst part i can't do that because I want those people to have success right away getting sound and then they can build on, you know, cow muse, build on their bugles and have fun. Then they can move up the stairway up onto the different reeds and then they can play with everything, you know. So that's how I started it. Basically just kept it really simple. You know, guys can learn easy on the reeds. They can basically build the scales up from there. And the reeds are so dang easy they're going to come back to the reeds more and more. It's just like something, you know, it's like if you get hooked on a Wapiti reed or if you get hooked on the Elk Rose reed or if you get hooked on a Phelps reed, you know, you you kind of, you go to that reed, you, you tend to go back to that reed, you know, the same reed that works over and over for you. You seem to go back to that. So by keeping the reeds really simple to work and, you know, guys are going to come back to that product and then you know of course we do the we do the bugle tubes and stuff as well so this is my little rip it's the little bugle tube um it's got a really nice exhaust on it basically a nice silicone flared mouthpiece it's a creature comfort it's all silicone <laughs> nothing worse than a plastic tube when you're cutting your lips all the hell yeah, when, all when you're out there all september yeah, long right <laughs> you know one of the things so, that that i noticed with your diaphragms is it this so the size of the dome right and and to me it 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 offers more in terms of finesse and being able to use less tongue pressure on that reed and and so in my head right the range of sound uh or pitch rather in that individual reed is far greater because it, it starts with I mean, damn, dude, little to no tongue pressure. I mean, very, very little. I actually struggled on it when I first started with it because I don't want to say it. Well, because of the dome size, right, and and being used to the smaller 
domes, right? I, I'm used to having to get into it a little bit more because it's sitting That's higher right. in the palate, right? And it's yep. less like you kind of have to settle back on it. And then once you get it, you're like, holy shit, the range yeah. on these wapitis <clears throat> is far greater because it's a lot less tongue to start. So now yeah. where it would have taken me, you know, two, sometimes three reads to get through that entire pitch range, right? For yeah. cow calf, we'll say. I could do it on yeah. one freaking diaphragm because I'm starting out with yep. such a low tongue pressure, you know? And, oh yeah. And exactly. I, so I get the I get the habitual and I'm I'm kind of that way, right? Is is you know, I find something that works and I stick to it, but then I always have to be tinkering and experimenting. And I kept telling <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah. like when the first when the first call came out, I was like, dude, I can't blow the damn call. Like it's driving yeah. me crazy. I want to blow the call. <laughs> and then it was yeah. like you know, I'm sitting there, I'm going back and forth. I'm like, what the hell? And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just pull my tongue off and see what happens. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And then boom, there it was. I mean, just barely, yeah. barely on it, you know? And it's just like, yeah. holy crap. And that's the whole thing. Like that's, I hear that actually a lot. You're not the first guy. So people, when they buy the normal reads off the store shelves or whoever they're buying, the latex on those reads, like the latex here, that latex, it's like, it's like banjo tight. It's pulled really tight at the stores. So recording in progress. Sorry. Oh, I'll edit that out. I, I want to get this little bit. Yeah. So on that latex there, basically it's because mine are so light. Like you said, you have to pull your tongue right off it. So like just a small amount of air, mm -hmm. just basically just hissing across that. And that little air is just making it vibrate just a little bit. So you get that vibration. That's what turns the sound on, right? So when I hear what you're saying, like most of the guys, they get it and they're coming from a different read, yeah. different manufacturer. They're they're pushing lots of pressure on it right away. And it's like, oh man, they're bottoming it out and they don't even know it, right? So then like you just said, you, you backed right off. And then when you do that, it's it's so sweet. I mean, it definitely has a, just a, matter. a lower barrier of entry, too, for folks that are just yep. starting off, right? Or if you're not just starting off and you want to clean up the sound, it, yes. I, would, I would suggest you go that way. It's just, man, it's, it's amazing. And then, again, I can't emphasize that enough. The amount of range yep. you get out of a single diaphragm is, is far greater than what I've experienced. Yeah, and that's one other thing I hear, like, especially with my Reaper read, my bugling read, it's a thicker latex. And I know right away when guys start calling, they go from their read that they normally use, and I put them into a Reaper at a seminar or something like that. I know instantly that they're, I don't want to sound cocky, but their, their calling level, it could be here. When they go to the Reaper, they go to here. Mm-hmm. And from there, it's just, it's a different stretch, a different latex. It's a wider frame. That's why some of my frames don't fit everybody because they're a little bit wider. The reason I do that, I want more, the wider you can go from here to here, the more, more latex area. you get. Right. Yeah. It's more of a mature sound. You get that authentic sound now because you got more surface area. But not only that, you got more surface area. So that's also what makes it that much easier. Again, because 
the little bit of air that you're putting out through your through your diaphragm, it's now hitting that latex and it's vibrating it even easier. So no matter what, if you just go into like a bugle or whatever, I still do the same thing. My tongue is just barely, just so it sounds like a duck. My tongue's just barely touching it, right? So I'll hit that note just for a split, like tenth of a second, and then you go right into your bugle. And it's just that it almost like what you're doing is basically you're almost like setting the latex up to go into that high pitch. So, and that's kind of the nice thing because the worst thing you can do is like, say you got a bull that's coming down the trail and you got a cow reed in your mouth, say. Most guys, when that bull is like, he's getting a little antsy or whatever at 50, 60 yards. Most guys are scared to give him a little calf or a cow mew because they don't want to mess that dang call up. Like, you get one chance at it. You have mm-hmm. to have a perfect mew. Like, you got to hit it. You got to hit it perfect. Otherwise, that bull's going to stop. He's going to turn around, and he's going to walk right back to where he yep. just came from, right? So that's kind of a little thing I do with people. Like, I'll teach them the little scale first off, and then I'll teach them how to get the cow sound off the scale. And Dirk calls it the siren. Um so I'll teach them the siren and then I'll show them how to get to the cow sound and then I'll show them how to get to the bugle. And then once they learn those sounds, I'll say, okay, most of you guys are going to be doing, you're going to be driving along in your truck. Most guys are like bugling and stuff like that, right? It's just a common thing. Hardly any guys practice cow and calf stuff. So what I always challenge guys when I, when I talk to them about it, I'll say, if you're on the road and you're driving, you're, you're going, you're, you know, between towns or whatever, and you're traveling somewhere. Every time a cow or a car goes past you, do a cow sound. Every time it hits your window. And try to do, like, ten perfect ones in a row. So. You know, try to do ten pretty much perfect to your ears, what you think is really nice. If you mess one up, start at zero build right back up now you got another 10 10 cars that got to go by what it does it throws a little challenge into the mixture it puts a little bit of pressure on you to perform right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the cool thing and then once you get the 10 now switch it to a calf sound (coughs) try to do 10 of those perfect right now if you want you know do the same thing with your chuckles do a locate bugle, you know, and locate bugles. You can do one note, two note, three notes. We all get into our own certain bugle. Like me, I, I do the same bugles over and over. And I kind of do that for a reason because these bulls that we hunt here, they get to know your sound. And once you've called enough to them, a lot of times they'll answer you back because you're part of their pecking order now. Because a lot of times it's the same bulls that I'm hunting over and over again basically so and so i call it getting into a rut your your location bugle is the same your advertising bugle is the same your lip ball is the same and it's just you probably have your certain bugles that you do over and over and you know joe joe has his i have mine paul Medell, he's got his certain sounds he's 
you know, it's the same sound, but that's his trademark. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, we all have our own little trademark call that we do. So, but yeah, it's, that's, you have to put a little bit of pressure on yourself to perform before you get out there. Because like I say, once you have that, that bull, even if it's a little three or four point, it's a meat bull, you can still shoot him. Once he's coming down the trail, if you squawk something weird on that reed, which is very easy to do, <laughs> it's game over. Here and he it, comes, it, chuckle. Here he comes, yeah, chuckle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now try to call that same bull back oh, now that you man. messed up your call already. It, uh, it's pretty much. <laughs> that's the rough That's the rough spot, right? Is is I mean, if you look at, this has probably been talked about a billion times, but if you look at success rates and why it's so important to capitalize on that opportunity, it may be the only yeah. one you have all season, whether your season's five days, 10 days, or 30 days. That oh, might yeah. be, based on success rates, that might be yeah. your only flipping <laughs> opportunity. You know? Absolutely. It's like stay yeah. in the freaking game. Yeah, that's right. So I was going to show you, since we got... I got all new tubes this year. So this one I call, it's the same tube, but different colors. Mm-hmm. And I got it in like green as well. So I don't know if guys like different colors, but we oh, all dude. seem to like something we, a little bit different. We right? are so, we are so enamored by aesthetics. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Right. I, I'm not <laughs> yeah, saying, exactly. I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm just saying it's amazing how yeah. much aesthetics play into selection we'll grab garbage (laughs) yeah (laughs) right whatever that looks like nowadays (laughs) because we like the way it looks it's amazing to me so yeah you could probably come out with 10 colors and and sell them all uh, and the fun and the funny part is i kind of uh growing up as a elk hunter i was like most guys where you know, we didn't have a lot of money. It was, you kind of used what you had at the time. And now that, you know, you were obviously, we're older, we're doing better. You know, we, you got money in the bank, things are happening. Now it's to the point where, and, and most guys and girls are the same, you know, if they buy something that they really like the, the look of, say, say it's a, a fancy read or something and they really like the look of it no matter what it what it looks like right to me it it's it's a thing where if you like the look of it you're gonna automatically call better with it and it's the same with bugle tubes if you like the look of it you're gonna want to you're gonna want to pack the tube with you you're gonna want to get out there and if you're like me i love bugling so you get out there. I want to be hammering on the sucker all day long because that's what I like to do, right? I'm not the guy. I don't want to strap my boat to the back of my backpack and go walk and not do nothing. It's like, hell no. I'm going to be ripping bugles, like, the whole time I'm out there. Like, that's why I'm there, that's right? That's why I'm here, so, yep. Yeah, exactly. If, if you're not calling and you're not having fun, then it's like, no. Nah, yeah. You might as well just stay home. Yeah, so. what's the point? But that you know so that goes right into the practice practice so you're really good put pressure on yourself buy equipment that you really like we all buy bows we will all go into the same archery shop we'll shoot five or six or ten different bows 
you narrow it down to the first two or three that you really like the best and then you narrow it down to the two and then you go home with the one that you like the best for the most part you probably went into that archery shop knowing which bow you're gonna buy oh, absolutely you know and <laughs> you and you walk out with it and you're just happier than a, than a pig yeah. in crap right yeah, you you're just, this is freaking awesome <laughs> i love this bow and you go straight to the range and you start shooting and you're shooting and you can't get enough of it right if you're a golfer same thing golf clubs you know you know the look that you're looking for you go in you hit a few different sets you walk out with what feels really good and makes you confident so you know buy the stuff that makes you confident if it's out calls you know same it's bows it's out calls it, it's all the same whatever makes you feel more comfortable is what's gonna set you apart from all it's, the rest well, once you part get of the up confidence. in the bush it, uh, it, it, it is, is odd yeah. but it's part of the confidence when i was coaching football yeah I would always give give my guys guff because everything was perfect spats and had to have this wristband and these gloves and you know the mouthpieces yeah. started having you know designs and whatnot on them and I'm I'm like and my yeah. my son would my son would say hey dad you know look good feel good play good and <laughs> okay I mean, that was go, years yeah. ago and I was like. Okay. Be as pretty as you want yeah. then. Go win the damn game. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, but it's yeah. funny, I mean that's that's pretty yeah. profound, right? I think he was like twelve years old at the time. But it, it, it translates into what we do in the elk woods, right? I mean it all yeah somehow it breeds confidence, right? From the camo we use to the boots that are on our feet, um, to the yeah. base layers we have on. Yeah, there's some comfort in it, but a lot of that is aesthetics and oh, how yeah. we how we feel, you know, putting that stuff yeah. on. It's a trip, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then that kind of goes, um, it kind of goes right into another thing about confidence. Like, I take a lot of new guys out every year, and even some of my hunting partners that have been hunting with me for a long time, a lot of them, you know, they don't practice their calls or they're not very good or something like that. So I'm the kind of guy, we get up on there on the ridge, I'll put them on the spot and I'll say, okay, you get to do the first chuckle. And you watch their face, and they just go white. And it's like, uh, what? Uh, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, they're they're trying to think of any excuse to get out of it. It's like, no, dude, you're up. Like, let's see what you got. <laughs> so, and I'm not doing that to put my guys on a spot or anything that like that. I want them to learn, and the best way to learn is to put to pressure on. Yeah. If they're going to do it, and then, you know, I never, ever say, oh, man, that was terrible. Or, See, I'm opposite. Crap, you, you suck or something like I'm, that, I'm right? totally opposite, bro, because I've, I've had buddies go out, and I'm like, dude, you yeah. sound like a, a coyote getting raped, bro. Like, put that yeah. thing, leave it in camp. <laughs> we ain't going to see a yeah. damn elk with that sound. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it's just that confidence thing, you know. You build their confidence, and then... Now what I'm seeing, all these guys, like the group that we had last year, man, there's there's two or three guys in there. They call better than I do now. And it's like, you guys can do all the calling because you guys are freaking awesome now, right? And it's it's that much more fun. Now when you got guys that can actually call, yeah, you can do these scenarios and you can put Buddy over on the bull sounds and I can draw back and be the calf or something simple. I can rake, rake trees or... I can do nothing. I can be the shooter or whatever, right? But all these guys, they can all go back and forth and do all these different positions now. 
the world is just opened right up for right. us now, and it's just all oh, well. You increase opportunity so awesome. too, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's tenfold now. Yeah. You get. I'm way more realistic. It's not me running back and forth or you doing all the calling. You know, you you're tired. You're going back and forth <laughs> doing those scenarios and stuff. And it's like, well, what if you're moving and the bull's coming in at the same time? Bust your. Well, now you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck halfway between because you can't move on them. But now, if you got buddies that you can rely on, there's no more of that. They're not coming in and catching you off guard. It's they're either committing or they're coming around you know so that's it's kind of twofold it's you know take those guys out and teach them how to call and and you know keep it really basic teach them the cow calf teach them the chuckle teach them location bugle and advertising that's honestly all you need like i still say if they stink you just teach them how to rake (laughs) yes yes (laughs) they're they're i mean there is there is a such thing as a bad call, right? I mean, yeah. let's, we got to be real about that, right? There's there's yeah. some dudes that just I'm sorry, you just plum can't call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and or there's or there's that certain scenario where you know the you know there's a bull down in here, and you want to make the right yes the right call at the right time to open up the scenario right so yes absolutely agree with you it's like you you got to definitely know why you're making the sound and what you're looking for in in return and honestly i mean as a as a good hunting partner which that's a a, a, another three-hour episode um yeah but you you kind of you kind of owe it to your hunting buddy to be the best caller and best shooter that you could yep. possibly be that season right because Absolutely. as much time yep. and energy and effort i'm not going to say yeah go with me you know i'll do x y or z and i'm not above yep. board right like i'm i'm committed yep. to elk hunting and i'm committed to my hunting buddy <clears throat> like you yep. gotta be gd prepared above prepared especially when when someone else has a, any level of reliance on you if a guy's yeah. calling for you and he gets you in animals and you you're you're you know doing that whole whack fuck thing when you let an arrow yeah. go it's not that yeah. in my head that shit ain't right for your hunting buddy right or yeah. if a guy is relying on you to give him that opportunity that he's presented you with then you got to know the language and you got to be able to to know what you're saying and do the best yeah. you can in terms of calling. You know yeah. that that's huge, man. That's a, that's it's a hell of a commitment as an individual, and it it in my head it amplifies a thousandfold when you yeah. commit to someone else on the mountain, right? I mean, that's oh, a big freaking deal, yeah. dude. Big deal. Well, and, and that whole thing too, like you commit to a hunting putty like that when you have a bull coming in on you. It's totally up to the shooter whether the situation is right for him to take a shot. Yes. Or, you know, maybe he's freaking shaking so bad he can't possibly take a shot. And, you know, I try to tell the guys that. It's like, you know, if the situation isn't right or you don't feel right don't or something's it. going right. on, just don't take it. Right. Just let him walk out of your life and we'll call him back again the next morning or we'll try him that evening, you know don't force a bad shot no matter what it's 
Yeah, no, no and, whack fucking Travis O'Shea's camp. <laughs> yeah, and and I gotta really be careful with with guys you take out. Like my normal hunting partners, they're good now, but it's uh, you know you take other guys that you don't really know, and they go out with you. They know you call at worlds and stuff, and that pressure's on them right, right away. Like holy shit! Like we're going with a pretty damn good caller. I gotta perform. Yeah, and these guys are that's in their head, right? It's it's either they're put on the spot to do some calling or they're the shooter and now they're in panic mode because they're shooting in front of someone you know that's a little better than normal or whatever mm-hmm. or something like that or so it's something you really got to watch for also in, in your partners you know make sure you know make sure they know the kill zone and make sure they know where they're shooting and the anatomy of the animal that you're hunting and like me I got a 40 yard max if a bull's outside of 40, if he's 42 yards, he gets a pass. I don't I don't care if he's a 7x7 seven seven or whatever. It's, see you, bud. You can just walk along. That's, you win the game. But if he's inside of the 40, I know I'm comfortable all day long. And some guys are comfy out to 50. Some are 60. Some are 30. Maybe you're 20. Know your, your, yeah. your effective zone and do not shoot past it, no matter what. If you can only shoot 20 yards, that's your limit. Shoot at 20 yards. I'll do my dang best to call him in to 15, 20 yards for you. And that's my goal anyways. Like, that's what I live yeah. for. That's we the want chess that ex- game, right? Yeah, we want that experience yeah, absolutely. up tight. Yeah, and even if I go with a rifle hunter, it's like, you know, dial the scope in because he's going to be close. You know, like, make sure you have that set right for a 30, 40-yard shot. Because I don't want to all of a sudden you're you're looking at him and all you see is hair. <laughs> it's yeah. like, no, this bull's coming in close, man. So, <laughs> Heck yeah. so yeah, well, just stuff like that, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I said, I, we can go down that rabbit hole for two, three hours, man. I, I oh yeah, you know it. That's one of the you said something right about not not going outside that forty yard max, right? And that's one of the things with elk hunting. And it's everywhere, but you know the the level of ethics and etiquette in elk hunting is is just phenomenal mm-hmm. to me, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, you see some stuff, and there's some, you know, there's those apples. But all in all, I mean, you wanna mm-hmm. you wanna experience hunting, in my opinion, the way that hunting was intended. You know what I mean? As yeah. a as a yeah. experience, um, it, oh, it's yeah. it's all about elk all about you want that you want that experience but you know you know as well as i do like the industry that we're lucky to be in is such a small tight-knit little group it seems like you know everybody's kind of knows everybody you're friends with this guy you know this guy to say hi stuff like that those guys you want you know i want to be successful but i want to see them be successful as well you know like you know, we watch all the YouTube videos that come out every year, all the series, you know, like Born and Raised, those guys do all theirs. Elk 101, Corey does all his. That's an awesome thing for us. Like, people don't realize how lucky we are that we get to go on YouTube and see a different episode of something every week. Back when I was coming up, what? I learned how to freaking elk hunt out of a magazine. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, there was no nothing. such thing as YouTube. Right. We didn't have that luxury. Now we're all so fortunate, you know. You can flip on, you can go on YouTube and you can look up anything you want. And it's like, boom, boom, boom. You got it. You can learn your elk calls. You can learn archery. You can learn broadheads. 
Or you could just get All your that. fix on the off season. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right? exactly. Hours yeah. upon hours of it, man. You know. And oh it, yeah. And, and that's a great thing. Like there's some good passes are. There's some good productions that are put out. I mean, you look at oh. some of these things and it's like, damn, like that is a yeah. full on high end production of an elk hunt. Yeah. It's amazing because uh, like we try to film some of the stuff when we go out and how these guys are doing it is absolutely phenomenal. Like you say, like they're they're killing it in the in the videography yeah. type stuff. Oh, it's crazy. And and the other thing is their sounds like you listen to a lot of these guys on the shows now, like Corey Jacobson. I, I actually made a comment to him on his first episode of the season this year. I'm always a sucker. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm tuned into what their bugles sound like. And Corey freaking nailed his first bugle of the morning. It was just perfection. And, you know, most guys just, they just hear, oh, he bugled. You know, that's cool. And they're listening for a response. But I'm literally, like, listening to his tones and seeing how he, how he went through it. And, he, you know. That's how I am. <laughs> Dissect that's the hell out are, of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's how we are, and it's the same. You you watch it, you watch a guy draw back, and you watch his form, and you see what he's doing, and you see how he he goes right into his whole situation. That's the that's elk hunting right there. Yeah. That's the whole thing. Like he's gonna get a shot, and now the camera pans over to this elk, and you know you see that we want to see the arrow fly. You know, <laughs> so that's the goal. You want to see the arrow fly it. And hit the spot on that elk, yeah. right? But I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things. Like for me, it's the calling. For someone else, it could be the archery side of it. For some guys, it's the hike. They just want to hike, and it's the pack out, right? It's there's so many different variables to this whole game that we play. I don't know which one, which one's better, which one's there takes the cake. There isn't. I mean, it, there, there, there isn't. isn't. That's that is the no. beauty of elk hunting right yep. i mean there's no one thing that's better than the other and and i think yep. as you when you, you know you start out as an elk hunter and it's this and then a year later it's this and yep. two years later it's that and 20 years later it's all encompassing right there's just yes. all these facets of it that are so amazing and guess what it all boils down to being a freaking elk hunter right yes, that's the, exactly. all in all that's all it is right all yeah, that's balled exactly. up and everything yeah. inside that circle right around that says elk hunter you know that's yeah, all exactly. that really matters man and it is just yeah. it is it's it honestly dude it is it's probably one of the most powerful endeavors that i've ever partook yeah. in in my entire life man from you yeah. know just being out on the mountain the solitude to sitting in camp with somebody to calling for somebody yeah. and you know having that you know five foot encounter you know with a cow yeah. pinned on you and you know getting blown i mean all of that dude it, it just you ball that up and you put it in a jar oh, you'd yeah. be a freaking oh. billionaire bro oh can you imagine <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah yeah i would i'd yeah. I'd be my, I, I would, what do they say? Uh, they talk about like Ill, Ill, illegal drugs, right? Don't get high on your own supply. That I would make it. it. Yeah. I'd be whatever it is. Exactly. <laughs> Give me another hit. I can't wait till oh, September. The bottle's empty. Oh yeah, man. Exactly. So no, that's amazing right. brother. Well, man, I appreciate the time. Uh, before we cut off, why don't you uh, let folks know where they can find you and Wapiti, uh If they want to get a hold yep. of you, talk calling and, and uh, diaphragms and what not yeah so you can just literally reach me at wapiti river outdoors.com 
and uh, just go on the website. My phone number's on the website, and call me up. You want to talk calls? We'll, we'll talk calls and whatever else, and you need some uh, some tips and stuff on your calling? Yeah, just give me a shout. All I ask, guys, like, be prepared to send me, you know, like, place your phone down, hit record, and shoot a little video of your calling and stuff, and I can help you on the phone just we'll spruce up your calling and stuff just like that so it's pretty easy a quick little phone call just phone me up and we can order stuff over the phone you can go on the website order everything you want there and uh yeah i'm always around so pretty easy heck yeah well brother i appreciate the time man we'll have to jump on as we as we count down the uh wednesdays to season and get another episode uh right before we go yep. into season man i'd appreciate that too but it's yeah, been a uh, great conversation brother yeah it's been awesome i appreciate it guy thanks yeah, for man. having me no thank you